Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you all. Tommy, you're back. Welcome. Welcome to my dad. Welcome. Big welcome to Kevin. Kevin, we love you. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, um, one of our one of the family members of our church, Christina, passed away this week, um, which is very. It was very sudden. She'd been battling cancer for a long time, um, but all of a sudden got an infection and went home to be with Jesus on Thursday night. So I just want to acknowledge that there might be some tender hearts. Um, my heart is a little bit tender. We know that Kevin, like, we just, we're like weeping with you, Kevin. Um, we're going to miss Christina. She was a part of our Wednesday church group. Sorry, I'll try and keep it together. Um, and one thing that I loved um, being with her on the, the Thursday night with the family was that her dad just kept sharing story after story after story of Christine's kindness and her um, laying down her life for other people, just her generosity of spirit. And so um, we're going to miss her. And it can be hard because you're like, well, God, where are you? And there's that tension of like, man, the gospel works and the power of God's real. Why, is it, why didn't she get healed? But I just want to say to you that God wins because... She is with Jesus, and death has no hold on her, and she is alive forever. She is alive forever. Amen? And it hurts our hearts because we don't, we don't get to walk with her anymore, but the great hope of being a Christian is that we will see her again and will be with her till eternity, forever, in the presence of God, in perfection, without pain, without sickness, without tears. That's the hope that we carry as, as born-again Christians. So I just wanted to, like, yes, it sucks. It, like, it's not fun, but our hope is in, in the Lord. And Christina is in, in perfection right now. And when your heart struggles with questions, a place that I love to land is Psalm 131. And it just says this, O Lord, my heart is not lifted up. My eyes are not raised too high. I do not occupy myself with things too great and too marvellous for me. For I have calmed and quieted my soul, like a weaned child with its mother, like a weaned child is my soul within me. And I feel like sometimes when we've got a million questions and we're, we're struggling with tensions, we have to learn to come to the Father and quieten our souls and, and just rest in his presence and know that he's good. And not let the enemy like bombard you with, with all the lies that he likes to. And not let him lead you away in little rabbit trails. But, but be forced into the arms of a loving father. Because he's our comfort and he's our strength. 
And so, Kevin, we just want to um, say that you're not alone. We're with you for this journey. Um, you've, you've got a family here and anything you need, we're, we're here to walk alongside you. So, uh, all right. I'm just going to pray and then we'll start. Father, we just thank you for today. Hmm. We thank you for the privilege it is to gather in freedom, Father. And we thank you, Lord, that you promise wherever two or more are gathered together in your name, there you are in the midst. And Father, we just ask that today you'd speak to us. We pray that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would rest upon us. And we just open our hearts to hear you, Father. Holy Spirit, please minister to your people today. And I just pray that you take every word that I say um, and, and just you make it your words, God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Alrighty. So today we want to talk um, about... Who we are. Who is Glory City Darwin? Because out of who we are flows what we do. Yeah? So next week we're going to talk a lot about what we do and what it looks like. But today I wanted to talk about who we are. Who are we as a collection of people? Um, Luke 6.45, it says... The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What is is the heart of this community? Because that will determine what we do and what it looks like. So I want to try and communicate that today. Um, And I just pray that you'd feel inspired to jump in and be a contributing member of this body after we finish this week and next week. So we're going to open the Word and we're going to go to Acts 2, 38 to 48. Do you have your Bibles? I'd love you to jump on in. Um, And just some context for this scripture. Before we jump into it, Jesus, he'd been crucified and he'd risen from the dead and he'd revealed himself to the disciples and about 400 others, all right? And he'd given them instruction to wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so 120 of them did what Jesus told them and they went into an upper room and they waited and they prayed for the Holy Spirit to come. And then on the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was poured out and they began to speak in other tongues and they spilled out into the streets and, and they were visiting people from other, from other nations visiting and they were like, oh my gosh, we can hear our own language being spoken. What's going on? And some people, um, they thought that the disciples were drunk. They're like, these guys are drunk. 
But then Peter, he got up and he addressed the crowd. First sermon on his, on, by one of the disciples, right? And he basically explains, in one sentence, his big spiel, he explained that this is the promised Holy Spirit. And it was prophesied in the book of Joel, and he reminded them all that Jesus was the Son of God, and they killed him, basically. That's what they said. And in response, the people, they tore their clothes, and they said, what must we do? They, they had a revelation that Jesus was the Son of God, and, and they tore their clothes, and they're like, what must we do then? And then we'll pick up the story in Acts 2. 38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favour with all the people. And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. Praise God. When this community was birthed, this, this was the, the foundational scripture. This is what we were going after. And, and that hasn't changed and so I just today, this is not a revelatory teaching. It may be if you've never heard this before or if, if you're brand new to the faith or if you don't know Jesus, this might be all brand new to you. But for those of us who have been here for a while, this is not revelatory. This is, I'm reminding you who we are and, and who we're called to be in this church community, okay? So the first thing, um, we are a church who believes in the gift of salvation available to us through Jesus. Amen? You're going to have to help me out today. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And what does it look like? I love that Peter tells us straight, verse 37. This is like the beginning of that journey. Repent. Be baptized. And receive the Holy Spirit. All right, repentance. It's changing your mind, changing your direction. I was going this way, living for myself, changing course, and I'm going to live for the Lord now. I was walking in darkness, now I'm walking in light. I was doing whatever I wanted and partnering with sin, now I'm walking with my eyes fixed on Jesus and I'm being renewed into his image day by day. 
Amen? Repentance, it's a gift. And we believe in it. Repentance is making Jesus your Lord. I'm not the Lord of my life now. Jesus is the Lord. Okay? Baptism. Baptism, it's not just symbolism. It's not just, you. that's just what you do. There's a spiritual transaction that takes place. Romans 6 talks about us dying. Our old sinful nature dying. And then you are resurrected in new life. When you become born again, he makes you brand new. The old is gone. The new has come. It's a declaration to the world that you have died to sin and your old life without Jesus. And now you're living unto God. Amen? Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is guaranteed to every believer. He comes and he dwells in us. God's in you. If you believe, he's in you. That should make you be very excited. The the spirit of God's in you. Man, he's our comforter. He's our teacher. He convicts us of who we really are. He empowers us to be conformed to the image of Jesus. What a gift. And this is just the beginning of the journey of salvation, hey. But we believe in salvation. It's a gift. Number two, if you skip down to verse 42, and they devoted themselves... We are people who are devoted to Jesus Christ and who are living for him. The word devoted, the New King James says to continue steadfastly. That means to persevere and not to faint, to continue in, to give unremitting care to a thing. We're devoted We understand that when we said yes to Jesus, he becomes our Lord. And the Greek word for Lord there, it means master, controller, the thing to whom you belong, the thing to whom a person belongs. So I understand that I belong to Jesus now. And what he says goes, when I feel like it, when I don't feel like it, when life's going good, when life's going bad, I'm devoted to Jesus. I'm going to follow him. I'm going to do what he says because my life's not my own. It's been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus. We're people who are devoted. And they devoted themselves, what to? The apostles' teaching. We're a church that's devoted to the word of God. You might be, well, Naomi, what was the apostles' doctrine? Today, I don't have time to unpack that. But we do in our church groups and we do as a consistent thing in our gatherings. We will unpack what the heck is is, um, the apostles' doctrine. 
but I'll try and keep it simple for you today. Pick up your Bible. Does anyone have a, an old school Bible, a paper one? Or hold up your phone. Hold it up. Man, to put it really simply, this whole thing is about Jesus. You can find Jesus in all of it. The Old Testament points to Jesus. And in the New Testament, Jesus is revealed. And it, it tells us what that means for us and what it looks like. In the Word, we find God and we find who we are in Him. It's life to us, this book. We are people who devote themselves to the word of God. This book is the final authority. We're people who love the word, who read it daily and do what it says. I want to encourage you to fall in love again with the word of God and be devoted to reading it. Someone, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and all that he does he prospers." Wow, what a great promise to the one that meditates on the Lord's word day and night. Do you want to be that person? I want to be that church. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Come on. You want to know? You want to know where to go? Read the word. <laughs> it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Ephesians 6.17 And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the... Which is the... Of God. Amen. The word is a sword. It's the only offensive weapon that the Lord has given us. Pick it up. Pick it up. And I feel like you want to know why the enemy's having a field day? It's because Christians don't know the word and they don't pick it up and they don't use it. Not you guys, not these Christians here. Man, we have to be people that will, will know this and use it. That's what Jesus did. That's the, that's the pattern that he left us. When the devil came to tempt him, he said, It is written. And he used the word and the devil fleed. Come on. We're going to be that church. Yes? All right. They devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine or the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Point number four. We are a church who goes after biblical fellowship. We, we want to see what Jesus paid for. And it wasn't just that we would have a relationship with, with him. It would be that 
together, all together, we would be a beautiful expression of his body on the earth. Amen? John 17, 20 to 23, this is a prayer from Jesus for the believers. He was praying for us. He says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, that they may be all one, just as you, Father, are in me, and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they might be one even as we are one, I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you loved me. Jesus is praying for us that we would be one as he is one with the Father. That's a beautiful prayer and it's also a big massive invitation for us to lean into connection and family and realise that we're built to do life together and that we're better together. We're not made to be alone. You might be like, well, Naomi, I'm an introvert. So am I. But I know that I need the family of God. I know that I don't have all the gifts. I don't. Either do you. And I know that I just reflect a tiny little piece of God's glory. But when we all come together, all bringing our gifts and our talents, we get this beautiful picture of the body of Christ. But when we withhold... We don't get to see that. We don't get to serve one another in love. We don't get to grow up into maturity if we don't fellowship together. It's so important. We're a community that that goes after that. Today I'm not telling you what that looks like because that comes next week. Normally I'd be like, that looks like blah, blah, blah. That's why I'm not doing that today. I'm just laying like, who are we? Does that make sense? Because I just wanted to launch off into, that's why we love church groups. That's why we... (sighs) Raina in Naomi. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread. Communion. We are a church that values the body and the blood that was shed by our Saviour. Communion isn't something we just do as a religious duty. For me, it's a practical way to make the main thing the main thing. It forces me to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made. And I promise you, when you like meditate and think about and, and have communion with God over communion, you'll never ever be the same because he starts to reveal the weightiness of the sacrifice of his son. And so when you, when you devote yourself to communion, 
you won't, I feel like it's impossible for you to jump the fence and sin. It's impossible. Because you've got like the body and the blood of Jesus before you. We're a church that keeps Christ and him crucified at the centre. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayers. We're a church who devotes themselves to prayer. Amen, says Mama Sharon. We know that without prayer, nothing is possible. What were the disciples doing before the Holy Spirit came? They were praying. What were the disciples doing when there was a crisis and Peter was in prison? They were praying. And Peter got busted out of prison by the power of God. Amen. What was one of the things they devoted themselves to? Prayer. It was one of the things. And James 5.16, it says, The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We're called to pray. We're called to pray. And Jesus' example of prayer, one of the lines he says is he prays, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're called to pray that every day. We're called to pray, God, for Sam, in my dance studio, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In every sphere that you, that you enter, Father, your kingdom come and your will be done. The world's a mess, hey. It's a mess. And so our job is to get on our knees. And it's worth to note that every significant move of God can be traced back to beginning in what? Prayer. Where those people were devoted to prayer. All right. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul. And many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. We are a community that values the miraculous and the power of God. And I say that with the tension of having prayed for a woman this week to be healed and not seeing her healed. But that doesn't change it doesn't change our pursuit of seeing God's kingdom come, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because Mark sixteen seventeen says, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, and they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. 
They shall lay their hands on the sick and they shall recover. We value the miraculous. We will pray for the sick and we'll pray again and again and again because we know that with God anything is possible and we know his goodness and we know his will. Amen? And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. We're a community that's generous with our time, our energy, and our resources. I'm not saying sell your house and you must distribute. I'm not saying we're becoming a live-in commune where we're all having everything in common. But I am saying that we are a community that's generous with our time, our energy and our resources because we're doing it from a place of having received from our Heavenly Father and we're doing it from a place of sonship. Amen? And all who believed were together and had all things in common and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts. Day by day, attending the temple together, we are a church that values the corporate gathering, this space here. We value it. We value this space. This is a space where, where we all come together, where there's unity, where we can worship the Lord in spirit and truth. We, we value coming together in smaller groups, absolutely. But there's things that can only happen here. We're going to go into that next week. But, but we value this space. We value what God's called this space to be. And I'm just so grateful for everyone that it's two hours a week and not day by day. Not every day attending the temple. Wow. (laughs) Hmm. We're a church that's passionate about worshipping God in spirit and truth. That happens here. Finally, we're a church. I love that it ends that scripture and it says, and the Lord added to their number day by day those being saved. We are a church who is committed to reaching the lost and keeping the main thing the main thing. The last thing Jesus told his disciples to do was go into all the world and make disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you even to the end of the age. We know we have a job to do. 
There's a city out there that needs Jesus. There are people in your families and in your workplace, in your neighbourhoods, in your sporting clubs, in your uni or school. They need Jesus. In your shop. Chris Vallotton once said, we're called to be the light of the world, not the light of the church. And we're a church that wants to be committed to reaching the lost with the gospel and with the love and the power of Jesus. Hmm. Our one-liner is, we are a church that knows God and advances his kingdom. To summarise... That's who we are. That's who we are. And I just pray this week that you can read through that and stir up your heart and remind yourself of why you're here. If this resonates with you, then it's like, great. Come again next week and let's talk about what it's going to look like. If you're like, oh, this really isn't, this isn't, it's not resonating with me, that's okay. There's lots of other churches in Darwin and, and we don't want to force you to be here but we just want to be open-hearted. This is who we are and um, we, we bless the other Christian churches in this city. We need every church. We need every church to save a whole city. Amen? We need to cheer on the body of Christ in all its forms. We'll be a church that cheers on the other churches, that is encouraging to other churches, that will pray for other churches. Because it's not about, we couldn't give a rip about building this, this brand. We want to see the kingdom of God come. We want to see our city transformed by the power and the love of Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right.